Hello and welcome to the Fabulous by Design podcast. I'm your host, Evie. I am excited you are listening today. This show inspires and empowers you to take the next step towards a life you can't stop thinking about. I am bringing in people from all over the world with authentic and inspiring stories. People who change their lives from good to better, from miserable to great, turned strategy into hope and became successful entrepreneurs and business owners, living their dream life on their own terms. Grab your favorite note-taking device, lean back and get inspired. I believe that everything you need to create the life of your dreams is already within you. Hello, I am connecting today to Berlin, to Gitanjali. She's a consultant and career coach for parents, and she is calling herself the Confused Mother. Hello, Gitanjali, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about you? Yeah, hi, Ivana. Thanks so much for having me on the podcast. So yeah, as you rightly said, my name is Gitanjali. I am from India, and I've been living in Germany since 2014. Um, and I think the work that I currently do has uh, been a culmination of everything that I have experienced since coming here. And I put together everything that I learned, everything that I experienced, as well as my past work experience and so on to create what I call the confused mother. And I find that really a terminology or a phrase that is so fitting because everyone who hears the name, they all just start laughing and they're like, oh my God, yes, absolutely. I'm a confused mother as well. Aren't we all? And essentially what I do with the confused mother is I help international parents understand um, everything related to the support that they can receive from the state and their health insurance here. And a lot of people who come here don't speak German. So since the paperwork is primarily in German and I speak German, I break it all down for them in English. And then also, I don't know if your listeners know this, but in Germany, you have a long period of paid parental leave. And then, you know, you have to get back to work, which is a point of time where mothers face a lot of insecurity, a lot of loss of confidence and so on. So this is something that I help them with as well, finding a new job, finding a more family friendly employer and so on. And this I do in the space of job coaching. Mm hmm. And I live here in Berlin since 2017, and I'm married, and I have a small two-year-old daughter. Exciting, exciting. <laughs> you mentioned earlier in our conversation that, of course, what you're doing today hasn't been always like this, so you had a, you had a corporate career, and you eventually realized that the corporate career is not for you. Would you like to take us through that story of what you've been doing before? And how did you learn that, okay, I'm not going to continue my corporate career? So, you know, growing up in India, and I think that this is something that a lot of people face. Um, our career decisions are based on what other people around us are doing, what our parents wish for us, and what is currently the trend. And in India, for a long time, it was you study engineering, you study science, you know, you get a good stable job. And then at some point, it changed to, oh, you do an MBA so that you get an even better salary and so on. So these were kind of the aspects that influenced my decisions early on in my career as well. And I worked um, very happily, I must say, as a translator for a few years. And then I did an MBA in communications. And, you know, when you're doing an MBA, you're surrounded by people who are also looking at like these high level corporate jobs, uh, looking at consulting or advertising and management positions. 
And so I thought that I wanted to do the same thing. But I was in an internship that I did with a small Tibetan NGO in the mountains of India, in a small town called Maklodganj, where the Tibetan government in exile lives. And it was the best two months I ever had. It was so much fun. I was surrounded by such beautiful people. And I saw that my work really made a difference. But that didn't really, that wasn't the changing point yet. After my MBA, I did a little bit, a few months at a, at a corporate job. I was working for a public relations agency. And that's when I realized, no, this makes no sense to me. As This is not my ambition. This is not what I want out of my life. And then I changed to a small NGO and I went back to the mountains and I lived there for a year and a half. And yeah, and since then it was kind of no turning back. And I've been in the nonprofit sector, trying to make a difference, trying to work with people. And, you know, what I mentioned about growing up in India, I think, you know, being a woman, being a girl growing up in India, these these things also impact you a lot. And working with women, working to help them magnify their voices, working to empower them to find their way to become more financially independent and have more confidence. These are the things that I've been working on for a long time. And that was kind of, as I said in the beginning, the culmination of all of these things that led to me now uh, working for mothers primarily. Mm -hmm. Thank you for taking us through this story. You said growing up in India comes with challenges potentially later in your life because you mentioned that you were expected to climb a career ladder right and you also mm -hmm. mentioned like also people were following trends so depending on yeah. uh, what year you are born you are indirectly forced to follow that trend unless you do exactly. different right was this always easy for you to choose to work for an NGO and how was the reaction of your environment, your parents, when you choose not to climb that career ladder? Yeah, I mean, what you said, it's just that you think that that's the recipe for success and, and uh, society defines success for you. And um, in a lot of places, and including India, success is seen as, okay, you, you study, you get a good job that pays you well. And at some point you get married, you buy a house, have kids have a car, you know, so all of these things become indicators for success. And ever since I let go of that while I was working in the mountains, I did not have any big material possessions. I did not have a good salary. And it was the simplest and happiest time of my life back then. And that really made a big difference for me to, you know, I, I sort of spent time reflecting on what is important to me. And I realized that having a car, having my own apartment and, you know, consuming, buying new fancy clothes and bags and so on. It just wasn't me. And I continue to be like that today. I live a very simple life. Um, the only thing that I really spend money on, and fortunately, my husband is the same, is traveling because we love to travel. And that is what we spend our money on. So we don't have, you know, expensive possessions and we are both totally fine with it. So that's, that's that aspect of it. And then what you asked about how people reacted. So when I went to live in the mountains, a few people were like, wow, cool, really very courageous step, uh, mm -hmm. what you're doing. But then on the other hand, there were a lot of people who said, didn't you do an MBA? Shouldn't you be in a, in a job in the city? Why are you doing this? I mean, you know, they, they, they kind of looked at me like I was crazy. They looked at me full of pity. 
and so on. And I said, no, well, I left a corporate job. I had a good, well-paying, stable job in the city. And I left that to come here. <laughs> and the same thing when I came to Germany as well, you know, I left a very stable, very good job, a very stable job because I wanted, I wanted something more out of my life. And I thought that coming to here was the next step for me. And, and that's what I did. And of course, I faced a lot of criticism. I faced a lot of yeah ridicule also on some level. Uh, but I think that one of the most important lessons that I've learned is to, to do what I want to do, because then I, I'm the only one who's accountable for my decisions. And, you know, in India, you have the saying uh, called lo kya kahenge in Hindi, which means what will people say? And there's, there's like, uh, a meme out there which says lo kya kahenge is the number one dream killer in the world and that's true I think that you know a lot of people don't live out their dreams and don't follow their dreams just because they're afraid of what other people will say mm -hmm. it was difficult to listen to the the criticism but yeah I'm very very happy with the decisions I've made so far <laughs> oh, you come across very happy to me and I could <laughs> uh, not imagine you in a different environment or in a different position than you are today and yeah. we wouldn't have met either so this is That's all true. somewhat meant to be right <laughs> of speaking of being you know criticized rejected what will people think right there's on one hand the family aspect right like how what does my mom mm -hmm. think am I being unthankful right <laughs> she raised me so well she did so much for me right because yeah. I know that my parents for example or my mother especially she was giving her life to raise our as children mm -hmm. right to have in the end this stable job with a good income mm -hmm. in a secure city and what did I do I left to an island and there <laughs> yeah. is no job for me <laughs> right so this is one hand that we have to get over the fact that we might disappoint one or the other person by actually taking responsibility for the outcomes of our life but yeah. how did you deal internally with this you know, criticism, rejections, speeches, because I think that, that this is painful, that hurts, that's, you know, this is what makes us feel guilty. And mm -hmm. how did you navigate through these times where you were criticized? So I think that there's like a whole psychological aspect to this, right? Like, I mean, when you get exposed to certain things, you can do one of two things, you either follow the crowd and do what is expected of you, you know, while not regarding what you exactly what you want to do, or you go completely against the grain and you say, no, I'm going to do my own thing. And, and that's all I care about. And I, I have done both. Initially, I followed the crowd and I did what was expected of me. And then at some point, I said, no, I'm done, um, because I'm not happy. And I think that it's my life. And I should be, uh, I should be happy about it. And Of course, my mother was also not happy about a lot of the decisions that I took. But I think it's just, you know, also, I don't blame her for it, because she also has grown up or she has seen the way people have become successful. And she has her own understanding of how things are. And I went against all of that. So she needed her time to get used to it. My father, on the other hand, was like, ah, I'm not worried about you. You're going to find your way. You're going to do what <laughs> what you feel is right. Uh, just take care and, and so on. Um, and of course, I think it's just that mothers worry a lot more. And my mom definitely does and did for sure. <laughs> and now that I'm a mother myself, I, I also say I, I don't 
think I made it very easy for my mother. Uh, I, made, I made her life quite difficult. With, uh, I can with understand the- that. Yeah, yeah. I think it's important. I think it's important for us to be happy, and and then when they see that we're happy, then then I think they would be happy for us as well. That's definitely something that's important. But on the other hand, you know, growing up in India as a girl, it's yeah. I mean, this it's such a complex complex topic, and it's not something that I can talk about very quickly. But of course, there are, as I said before, a couple of times, you constantly get impacted by your surroundings. And people put all of these expectations on you and you can't make everyone happy because you try to make one person happy, you make yourself unhappy and you make someone else unhappy. Then you try to make that person happy and it and just continues on and on and it's never ending. And in a lot of cases, I've seen that people end up losing themselves. Mm-hmm. So I just, I didn't want that to happen to me. And this is where you took the, your, your courage together and then you said, all right, I'm going to try different. It's, your corporate mm-hmm. it's really difficult. I mean, it, it it takes a lot and it's something that I struggle with even today is that, you know, I've been uh, self-employed since January and it's not easy. Self-employment is extremely difficult. And every day you're constantly asking yourself, have I made the right decision? Is this the right way? Mm, because I'm not making enough money yet or I'm not uh, meeting my goals the way I thought I would and so on and so these doubts keep coming up in your mind so I'm not saying that I'm all, I'm all enlightened and you know I'm I'm totally there I think it's a work in progress it's just that as long as I can live with the decisions that I've made I'm I think I'm okay more more than okay I always say that it's really hard to get up in the morning going to a job where you don't know what you're really doing there right if I had it for a long time I just I was getting up I went into the underground I made myself obviously pretty I went into this underground I took the elevator into the I was the sixth floor and it was so cool right mm-hmm. and and I was just you know eventually sitting at my desk being like what I'm even doing here like I didn't see the purpose in the job I was doing and I always had the feeling that I was missing something I was missing a creative part I was missing mm-hmm. uh, like you know to create something myself and I have experienced this of of course 2019 when I started off that Getting up in the morning when you are self-employed or an entrepreneur is just as difficult when you can go to a normal job, yeah. right? But the difference, yeah. what I see is that I do enjoy, if you want to call it struggle, all the obstacles currently more simply because I know it's all up to me. That I can yeah. make the decisions. This is what I was maybe missing, right? To be to have the freedom of choice to have the freedom of taking a break when it gets difficult or mm-hmm. uh, you know crying when it doesn't work right because you barely can cry in an office when stuff goes wrong right you have to pretend <laughs> yeah. everything is good and sometimes you just should have seen me when I just you know dropped the mic and be like, go went to my boyfriend and be like I can't anymore like what are we even yeah. doing here right but having this freedom of uh, expression in the creative segment of it and as well just you know to create a time the way you would like to this is what really still empowers me to continue can you relate mm-hmm. to that yeah absolutely you know what you said about you know you can't cry at work when you're employed i think that the stakes are very different when you're when you're self-employed it's all on you mm-hmm. you are a 
responsible for every single thing. You are responsible for the success and the failures. And, you know, if you make a mistake at a at another job in a company, it's fine. Um, you know, it's not your company <laughs> and it's the stakes are not so high. So you can, you know, I, I remember that I used to stress at, at a job that I had previously and one of my friends asked me, she's like, Kitanjali, you're, you're killing yourself in the process. What what will happen if you don't deliver something on time? And and then that's when it hit me. I'm like, nothing. Nothing is going to happen. <laughs> Someone will have your back because there is always the end responsibility is always, yeah, by the company owner or your yeah. uh your next boss, the manager, because these people take the responsibility for you. But here it's completely different. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, the thing is also the reason I started the confused mother is because I went through certain things during my experience becoming a mother during pregnancy in the time after that, getting back to work and so on. So all of these things um, were were kind of my pain points. And when I started talking to other mothers, I realized that everyone was going through the same thing. There's a lot of things that are not talked about. I mean, you see Instagram is full of lots and lots of channels and, you know, posts and so on. But still, you find that mothers are very lonely in their experience. They are very, you know, they lack confidence. They they constantly suffering from self-doubt and are constantly googling solutions and answers and so on and I thought I went through the same thing I did a survey before I started the business and and everyone was going through the same thing and I said okay I'm going to find a couple of solutions that can help people which is why I I put together this this offer and um, what you said about creativity, absolutely. I think I also really love this part of my work is the the ability to come up with creative solutions. Like, for example, I wanted to offer people, offer mothers a way to come together. Um, and I and I was wondering how to do it. And I thought, wait a second, I'm Indian. We love food. We love hosting people. We mm -hmm. love bringing people together. And then I said, this is this is something that I want to I want to share with other people. And then I organized these branches, and it was so much fun. And that's what I mean about creativity. It can come in so many different ways. So I just came up with a creative set of foods that people could eat, and you know, coming up with the concept and so on. And this is all creativity, even if it's done before. It's not been done by me. And so that's the beauty of self-employment is that you can basically decide what projects you create, what work you do, what events you organize, even in the podcast, the same thing that I also have a podcast of my own. And so, you know, you, you can allow your creativity, um, you have complete creative control and exactly you can take it in any and every direction that you want. Mm -hmm. which can also actually be a hurdle because you can lose yourself in that creativity also <laughs> and then sit there and think oh my god how am I going to do all of this <laughs> yes let's now not go into priority yeah, setting but, because yeah. this is going to take forever but I totally agree like once your creative yeah. mind is sparked once you are mm -hmm. in the flow and if there is enough space for creativity to involve brains can go crazy i do feel that sometimes and i just have to you know just switch off that you know creative part and be like no you've got like you know two ongoing projects at the moment and let's just wait for the time to come where there will be more time and because it was all like creativity would stop at the moment where you overwork yourself so i'm really really paying attention to that to still mm -hmm. having fun and you said that so what sparked your path you are on right now was that you have seen a struggle 
you've mm-hmm. seen, you noticed that you had a problem that wasn't really solved for you. So you said, I'm going to offer this myself. So right. now, would you like to take us a little bit through that process when you got that first idea of saying like, okay, I'm going to do this till you <laughs> started? How did that go? So I think that this is something a lot of moms can probably relate to if they're listening in is that when you have you know, lots and lots of hours that you're spending with your newborn baby, with your, you know, when you're not at work, you take a step back from work to spend time with your child and your family. And you start thinking about your work, you start thinking about, you know, what are my priorities now? Did I really enjoy my work? Can I see myself going back there? And so on. And and I went through the exact same questions. And I felt like I wanted to do something more. Mm -hmm. I wanted to really see the impact of the work that I was doing because what I was doing previously it was you know based in other countries and I felt too far removed from the context Mm -hmm. and I thought that I would like to make more of a difference so that was one aspect and then the second aspect was that during my own pregnancy I um, you know okay I was pregnant during lockdown and faced a lot of these really weird pregnancy symptoms that I had never heard of before. And I'd never read of, you know, because the conversation around pregnancy and childbirth and having children is very, very, oh, it's a rosy picture. It's the most beautiful thing. Oh, you're glowing. And, you know, all of these like wonderful things, but no one really talks about the dirty side of it, the uncomfortable side Mm -hmm. of it, full side of it. And, and that's, you know, that's that was kind of the, the point where I said to my husband, I said, why does no one talk about this? And I was so pissed off in that situation. <laughs> and then um, I was really frustrated. And then and he said to me, he's like, oh, there's my wife. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she goes. You know, the, the, the activist in me was kind of reactivated. And yeah, and then when my when my daughter was about 10 months old or so, that's how I kind of got started writing about my experiences on Instagram. And I started, you know, putting some posts out there. I felt the need to do a little bit more. So I decided to start a podcast and I lined up a few guests and I, I bought a mic and headphones and, you know, basic things like that. I did my own research. And then I said, okay, I'm not going back to work at my previous organization. I'm going to uh, go the journey of self-employment. And that was kind of the spark, You, as you mentioned. Uh, that was the moment in which I decided, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And I, I found a coach. I love coaches. <laughs> and uh, so I found a great coach to work with. And she helped me develop the concept a little bit. I mean, I, I had very few hours with her. So she helped me a little bit and then for the rest of it I did it myself. And that's how I that's how I did it. And in Germany, when you are registered as uh, unemployed, you get unemployment benefits, which is called Arbeitslosengeld 1. And that is a percentage of your of your last salary. And uh, when you decide to go the route of self-employment, you can also apply for this, I don't know what you would call it in English. Uh, it's called a Gründungszuschuss. Um, so it's basically like financial support from the state to for the first six months of your entrepreneurial journey. Or the startup fundings, you would say, right? Kind of, yes, but it's it's not that much money. Mm-hmm. But it's enough to at least pay your insurance and cover some basic life expenses. So it's good mm-hmm. and gives you a little bit of stability so you can concentrate on building the business. So I essentially put together a business plan and I applied for it. I had to submit a lot of papers and a lot of explanations and numbers and so on. And yeah, and then I got that for the first six months. 
And yeah, and then that like I've been working on meeting people, talking to people. I of course did a survey also to make sure that what my assumptions were were right. And I had a lot of a lot of wrong assumptions. So I kind of adapted the offer accordingly. Like for example, now I wanted to originally also offer workshops because that's something I really enjoy. But to be honest, I haven't got around to offering any workshops yet because I just don't have the capacity. I have mm-hmm. the tutorials that I've created and the job coaching that I do and my time is up. I don't have any more time at the moment. So that's something I guess I will come to later. And it's also something I had to learn was that you can't do everything. You can't talk to everyone. You have to really decide who you're talking to, what you're addressing and work on little things at a time. Yeah, and keep the focus there. I'm really thankful you're mentioning this because it always seems always like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go there. And time is limited. Anyway, I think um, I'm looking forward to your workshops. They will come. <laughs> the day will come. And I think your daughter will grow up eventually and things will get easier as they get like yeah. more automized. And you, like exactly. I always say, we all need to learn to walk before we start running. And yes. this yes. is a never-ending process because even just because you can run, it doesn't mean you can run fast. It doesn't mean you can yeah. go far, right? So it's a constant. You know, Ivana, it's very interesting. <laughs> so two things. The first thing, what we said about losing yourself in creativity and also now what we talked about having limited resources in terms of time, you know, making that meet uh, somewhere is to, to have the time to do all of the things that you want to do. And it's just not possible. So it's very important to have a support system. I'm so glad that I have a couple of friends and my husband to talk to and to bounce ideas off and They also give me a lot of, yeah, they ask great questions. And this makes me think about my work. And that definitely helps a lot. So uh, for anyone out there who's uh, thinking about starting their own business, definitely make sure that you have a couple of good cheerleaders, good, either a mentor or, or someone who can ask the difficult questions and, you know, help you in your journey. Yeah, somebody who's cheering for you the moment you can't, right? Yeah. yeah. The point that I wanted to make was, if I may, was that a lot of people ask me when I meet them after a while, a lot of people ask me, so how's your business going? I have no idea how to answer that question. That's a good <laughs> um, one. <laughs> because I'm like, if you're asking me if I'm making like 100,000 euros a year, no, I'm not. Uh, and I'm not making, I'm not, I'm hardly making any money. And, you know, this kind of realistic expectation setting in your own mind before you can talk to other people about it. I read a couple of LinkedIn posts about how one woman wrote that in the first two or three years of her self-employment, she had an hourly, <laughs> an hourly wage of like three euros. <laughs> because that's how little money she made but then after three years her business really took off so that's one thing and then the second one was that someone had invested uh, a few hundred thousand euros in their business in like real estate for their business and they lost all of it Mm so you know there's there's these two extremes that there are some really high risk takers and then how do you ask answer this question of how's your business going Yeah, I don't know. How do you answer it? <laughs> uh, how I do answer it? I always say, like, I got these questions, and especially, especially before you get clients, because people want to, we are taught to measure in numbers, right? Mm-hmm. We measure yes. success in numbers. As you said, cars, a house, it's all given a value in euro or yeah. dollar. 
just right. But on the early stage, before, as you say, everything takes off, that can be everything in between one day and 10 years. And I'm not lying. I have heard about stories where it took three years to get the first client, but then it went, right? It all Mm -hmm. depends with what skills we start with, what resources we start, the time we have, right? Mm -hmm. There's so many, you know, components that come together that this is unpredictable. So Mm -hmm. how do I answer that? I was always answering this with yes, because I was, for example, it's going good because I was seeing yeah. that I'm having conversation with people who are interested in my product. So I had mm-hmm. data to improve. Mm, right? yes, so I yeah. was having conversations with people who were much further than I am or was at the time and were telling me, you are doing great. Like this is going quicker than my own experiences are. I was like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. This is empowering. Then I've been doing a podcast where people are listening to. And suddenly there were 70 listeners. And I was like, okay, this is going great. So we need to make our success stacks in a mm-hmm. tiny, tiny, small measure, right? In the beginning. Yeah. Because till we can measure with 100,000 a year, it might take some time. But it doesn't mean that we do nothing and we are not succeeding all mm-hmm. over the, the period. Because it's only the thing that people see in the end. But this is not what we live for. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. What you're saying about defining success by numbers, we all do that. That's true. I think that's the reason I also find it difficult to to talk about it. Like, how is it going? I, I always say, yeah, it's going. It's slowly, but it's going. Yeah, you uh, are making an impact. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So what is it? I want to round up this, this conversation with my favorite question. What do people misunderstand the most about you? What do people misunderstand about me? I have no idea. When you sent me this question, I really don't know. (laughs) Uh, What I've heard from a lot of people is that they think I'm very, very confident and very, you know, I'm an extrovert. And that actually ends up intimidating some people I've heard from, Mm -hmm. from a lot of people, but I am just as insecure. <laughs> I I can also be just as insecure and just as yeah full of self-doubt as every other person out there. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's something that people don't don't realize about me in a personal and professional context. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in one thing is to to be professional you or in a in the professional world you have to show yourself as the leader in your industry. And Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that these people necessarily never have a bad day or are simply insecure, because I think we all carry insecurity up to a level within us. So I Mm -hmm. appreciate you sharing this. Thank you so much. Um, There's one thing that I realized that really bothered me um, initially, and this has to do with my experience of becoming a mother, because there is a very specific image of how mothers should be, what kind of lives we create for ourselves and our families and our children. And so there were a few people, even very, very close to me, who made a lot of assumptions. Now Gitanjali has a baby. She doesn't have time to go out anymore. She will not live in the middle of the city, but she'll move to a suburban area where there's lots of, I don't know, whatever, safe playing spaces for her child. And now, yeah, she won't be able to come out anyway, so... We won't ask her. ask her. And that that was very, very isolating. And it was a big misunderstanding. And I said, 
why didn't you ask me if that is the case? Because it's not the case. I go out to restaurants, to concerts, to cafes, to parks, bike rides, traveling, everything with my daughter. And and I have a lot of friends who don't have kids. Some of them are, you know, they are child-free, but they say that they don't ever want to have kids. And, and that's just something that, you know, that happens to a lot of mothers is that they get isolated, they get cut out. And that has also happened with me a lot. But because I identified it and I realized that that was being, that was being done to me, or I don't know if it was happening to me, I spoke up about it. And, and it was very difficult to actually say, yeah, I even got into an argument with one friend. She was like, oh, I just assume that you won't be able to. And I said, why would you assume that? You have no idea about my life. You have no idea about what I'm doing. So instead of assuming things, why not just ask me and have a conversation? So this is something, it's not It's not particular to me at all. It, it happened to me. And I know that it happens to almost all people who become parents. And yes, of course, for a lot of people, it, it does become a thing that, you know, they can't go out anymore because their child is ill or, you know, in a difficult situation. Like, you know, when, when kids cry a lot, that you can't really go with them to a restaurant. Their social lives change. But that's not the case for me. Mm -hmm. I understand. So, so everybody's being put like in one box because a if you're a mother, you go in that box. If you're a father, mm -hmm. you go in that box. If you have two kids, you go there. And if you are self-employed, you go there. So this is what we... Exactly. Yeah. 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 Thank you so, so much for sharing this. Yeah, I think this mm -hmm. is very valuable information. And I will put all information and contact details that you gave me including your podcast into the show yes. so people who are listening right now have it very easy to just click there and get in touch with you and i wanted to thank you so much for being vulnerable for sharing your story and for inspiring us thank you so much ivana for having me Hey, do you want to create fantastic reels with unique captions quickly? This script has saved me time and brought back the fun of creating reels. The writing, transcript editing and recording program automatically detects errors, ums and speech gaps and much more. I became an affiliate of this script because it eliminates the sucky part of reel and video editing and adds much value to my work as a coach and creator. You can try this script for free by clicking the link in the show notes and reach out to me if you need help with your first edits.